Week four of football is in the books, the library books. And now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week number five. Now, there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week five, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. On top of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help make it rain. Don't worry, if football isn't for you, DraftKings is giving all of you basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any b-ball market once you sign up. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNBR when you sign up to get up to $1,000. That's code DNBR to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Yes, the NFL does have a scheduling problem. Welcome to That's Good Sports. Uh, I'm Brandon Perna, and the Broncos-Patriots game has been rescheduled again to next Sunday, October 12th, after another member of the Patriots organization tested positive for COVID-20-1. This was after the game had been moved from Sunday, which is today aka the 11th, to Monday afternoon. So two reschedules. Now this is in addition to the Steelers-Titans game having been rescheduled last week to later in the season, and now the Bills-Titans game being moved to this Tuesday, which is still not a day set in stone. Why is this a problem? Well, because we're only in week five, and the NFL is forcing teams like the Steelers and the Broncos to use their bye weeks during weeks they've already practiced, which sucks, But the bigger issue is they're going to run out of bye weeks soon. I will tell you what the NFL should be doing, because I'm a genius, uh, to make sure this season doesn't turn into a full-blown disaster where COVID goes undefeated against the NFL. That's good, sports. Now, before the season, the NFL said... We are fully prepared to cancel games if necessary to keep our players safe. Three weeks into the season, it has become clear the NFL is going to do anything but cancel games. Instead, they are turning their schedule makers' brains into mush. Please cue the It's Always Sunny meme now, as those schedule makers scramble to reshuffle NFL games. Here is their current plan for the Broncos and Patriots. And the Broncos are kind of being negatively affected for having no positive tests in this situation, which that actually makes sense. The team with the most negative tests shall not have anything positive happen. So instead of saying, let's reschedule the Patriots-Broncos game for after the regular season and push the playoffs back, 
We will force the Broncos and Patriots to have wasted their bye week right now. Then we'll move the Broncos-Patriots game to this Sunday because that's the Patriots scheduled bye week, even though the Broncos have already been scheduled to play the Dolphins. But we can move that game because, because nobody is interested in watching a Broncos-Dolphins game. So we'll move that to week 11 and then force the Broncos to play the Chargers week eight on their bye because the Chargers are scheduled to play the Jaguars week eight and nobody will notice if we just completely cancel a Chargers-Jaguars game. If that all sounds batshit crazy complicated, it's because it is. NFL players are obviously upset about losing their bye week and I think Ryan Konigsberg said it best. Imagine going to school all week, being told you have to go into school on Saturday, and then being told on Sunday that was spring break. That's just what happened. And nobody, I mean nobody fucks with my spring break. Here's the really stupid part of the reshuffling. The NFL is assuming players and coaches are going to stop getting COVID now. No more COVID starting now, and everything will be fine. As long as nobody else gets COVID, this schedule reshuffle will work. Inevitably though, more games are going to be moved, and when every team has already used up their bye week, whatever the hell that means this year, the NFL will be out of options. What they need to do is use the month of January for makeup games, and then only play necessary makeup games. For example, if you just cancel Broncos Dolphins right now and reschedule their makeup game for January, there's a good chance those two teams will have been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. So you wouldn't have to play it, right? I think you could use the first two weeks or even all of January to play makeup games and then start the playoffs and move the Super Bowl back right now. Do that now. A March Super Bowl sounds pretty sexy to me. This is a complicated situation with more moving parts than, I don't know, an NFL locker room full of naked players all helicoptering at the same time. A scenario I know you've thought about as much as I have. The NFL without a bubble type situation is going to have to endure these positive tests and outbreaks like waves crashing on the shores of a beach. Every proposed solution provides more problems and hurdles. Even with a makeup game week or two weeks or month in January, you have to plan for those makeup games to also be moved or reshuffled when positive tests emerge then. Unless the NFL knows Santa Claus is the only true cure for COVID. Yes, Odell Beckham, you have to sit on Santa's lap to become immune to the virus. Have any scientists tested the sit on an old man's lap for immunity yet? This is what happens when you write a video at 8 a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> what have we learned? We have learned that the incubation period is no joke. Remember, when all of the medical professionals were saying this virus has a long incubation period back in March? Turns out those idiots who study this shit for a living know what they're talking about. <laughs> Stefan Gilmore, perfect example of that. There's a very good chance he got the vid when he had dinner with Cam Newton. Not last Friday, but the Friday before. He was tested Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, all negative until Tuesday. When the NFL first moved the Broncos-Patriots game to Monday, I was one of the few people not pissed because I knew this was the exact reason for that. 
So you can't complain about the NFL being properly cautious and also not bitch about them going through puberty and also bitch about them not taking player safety seriously at the same time. Well, actually you can, as long as you don't promote luxury ball shaving products on your social media accounts, the NFL can't touch you. Look, I think all real football fans are rooting for the NFL to succeed. My criticism of them isn't in hopes that they shut down or cancel. Like, I want them to figure this shit out. But I think the NFL needs to be a little bit more creative with how they're doing this. The last thing I want to do is not have football to watch for the next few months. Because I think I have maxed out how many times I can rewatch The Office. The Tennessee Titans may be the first super spreader after they play the Bills on Tuesday if they play the Bills on Tuesday, as that testing situation is still ongoing. Uh, that would be a great game to play in January, once we know for sure both teams are not contagious. As I believe, those will be two playoff teams in the AFC. I'm all about extending the NFL season through March to make up for all of the views I'm gonna lose with the XFL not returning until 2022. Now here's the good news. We'll probably see a Drew Locke versus Cam Newton game instead of a Brett Rippon versus Hoyer Stids game. That's a much more appealing game to watch, so that's a positive. And even though the Phantom bye week sucks, it does give the Broncos a chance to see maybe AJ Boye get healthy, uh, Jerry Atauchu, Noah Fant, KJ Hamler, and even Philip Lindsay's toe another week to heal. That's a better situation for the Broncos. If any team can benefit from an early pseudo-buy, it is Denver. The other good news? I am 99% sure Broncos head coach Vic Fangio does not have Twitter. Uh, because if he does, he's in for a rude awakening. He said this this morning. You know, and, and in a weird way, I'm uh, kind of happy to see some of this stuff happen because you see who, who the whiners are, who the bitchers are and who can't handle adversity. And um, and I'm gonna try hard that the Denver Broncos don't fall into any of those categories. If he did have Twitter, he would have quickly learned that all of his good players are whiners and bitchers. I'm quoting that because I didn't say it. I'm not even going to post which Broncos were bitching on Twitter because I would never put my team on blast like that. Now I do applaud Fangio for making his best head coaching move to date. He kissed the NFL and the NFLPA's arse at the same time like he had two sets of lips. The one good thing that I think's come out of this whole ordeal is the NFL and the NFLPA are working hand in hand and they're working together on this. So I trust anything and everything that comes out of the league office because I know the Players Association is involved with it and giving, giving them their blessing. So. We have both sides of the table here working together. Ensuring the next time the NFL has to reshuffle a Broncos game, it disproportionately screws their opponent. Smart, Vic, smart. So football fans, keep your schedules open in terms of when you wanna watch your team play because I think shit's gonna get hairy. If you consider Alex Smith's glorious return to the football field when Ron Rivera eventually beats cancer 
and then remove all of the terrible things Dan Snyder and the Washington football team have done, the Washington football team could finish this season number one in moral victories. Welcome to That's Good Sports. I am Brandon. Let's give Alex Smith the Comeback Player of the Year Award right now, Perna. No point in waiting. It is nearly impossible to get unanimous support for anything in this country. But on Sunday, we got just that. In Washington, of all places, as quarterback Alex Smith returned to the football field for the first time since breaking his leg in such gruesome fashion that it would have made even the guy who was the bone collector in the movie The Bone Collector squirm. And he collected bones, if you didn't know. Instead of doing a live reaction video tonight, like I do every Sunday, I wanted to pay tribute to Alex Smith, even though he couldn't play good enough when healthy to prevent the Chiefs from drafting Patrick Mahomes, which really affected my life in a negative way. And when I think about it, <laughs> as a Broncos fan, I'm not sure what hurts more, watching Mahomes and the Chiefs torture my Broncos or what Alex Smith went through. But today, I honor you, Mr. Smith. Now to appreciate Alex Smith being back on a football field and just walking, think about what transpired for Smith and the Washington football team following the tragic moment his leg bones were rearranged worse than a 2020 NFL football schedule. That was week 11 of 2018, and today, week five of 2020, nearly two full years later, he finally returned to the game. A man amongst, well, other very manly men, but still a fucking man. He endured 17 surgeries, battled an infection that threatened his life, countless hours of rehab just to return to quarterback an organization that cleaned house, removing their entire coaching staff, has also been marred by sexual harassment lawsuits, a name change to football team, all while being run by an owner that isn't even good enough for the word classless. Then his new head coach gets cancer, is called a racist for benching Dwayne Haskins, which moved Alex Smith up to QB number two on the depth chart. And at no point did I even mention Smith fighting for all of this only to return for COVID ball 2020. Holy heck. Alex Smith then watched Kyle Allen, who was already getting pulverized, take a headshot after being targeted by Jalen Ramsey and a very aggressive defense who fought all of the Giants on the field last weekend, only to hear his number finally called. All of that pain, all of that drama has built up into what should get Alex Smith, if nothing else, a very shiny Comeback Player of the Year award trophy to put on his shelf right next to the empty space occupied by the memory of the Super Bowl his 49ers lost with another QB starting in his place and the empty space where the Chiefs Super Bowl trophy sits that was won after they traded him away because they found a better quarterback. Who the hell goes through all of that with the leg injury and still decides to come back for more? A masochist. After that hit, Smith jogged onto the field to the tune of a standing ovation from all four people in the stands, which was, it was just his family, you know, giving him the ovation. Imagine though, if that were the Rivers family, we'd be like, whoa, when did Washington sell out their game? Now getting a standing ovation from your family is cute, 
but it's the equivalent of paying for a massage and then bragging to your friends that you spent the day with the woman who couldn't keep her hands off of you. Anyway, Smith completed a quick pass to JD McKissick uh, to get started. Love, I love that they called a pass for Smith on his first play back. Now, Smith did not have to wait long to see if his partially robotic body would hold up to an NFL hit as Aaron Donald jumped on his back to sack him for the first time in nearly two years. As someone who tore multiple ligaments in my knee by drunkenly carrying a friend on my back, I about shit my pants seeing Aaron Donald do that to Smith. The last guy I want to be my first guy to hit me upon my return is Aaron Donald. Well, maybe third to last, if you remember, it was J.J. Watt and Kareem Jackson who tag-teamed Smith on that infamous play. I do love Aaron Donald, but dude, you take it easy on the guy. He's a national treasure. Just hug him until they blow the whistle. That's the proper play. Aaron Donald Aaron Donald Aaron Donald <laughs> Okay, Aaron. Yes, that motherfucker's leg is strong. Thank you for testing that for us, Dr. Donald. Now, Alex Smith was sacked six times in this game. This was like taking someone who survived the Titanic and letting them captain the Exxon Valdez oil spill ship, and then letting them take a spin in the Challenger. Not an ideal game for him to return, which is a polite way of asking, what the fuck are you thinking, Ron Rivera, by leaving him in there? Kyle Allen cleared concussion protocol and was healthy enough to return, but Rivera stuck it out with Smith. Washington gave up eight total sacks, so maybe that's why Dwayne Haskins has looked so bad. Uh, Haskins, by the way, was sent home with an illness or something, so he wasn't even at the game. And honestly, this might have been Alex Smith's worst statistical football game he's ever played. He averaged 2.2 yards per throw, went 9 for 17 for 37 yards with a QB rating of 58.7. Kyle Allen was playing a lot better when he was in the game, so maybe somebody besides Rivera should start making the quarterback decisions in Washington. I mean, Alex Smith had just six more passing yards than what he lost on sacks. But that doesn't matter because Smith is going to earn praise for his gutsy performance. Nobody will point out how bad his reunion was, and rightfully so, that's not the story. But one last time I will say, Alex Smith deserves better. You put him behind that KC offensive line with those receivers, and he probably wins MVP along with Comeback Player of the Year. The Silver Linings playbook is this. Alex Smith knows for sure now his body can take a hit. It can take six hits, which, as shitty as that is, is pretty fucking cool for a guy who let doctors cut him open 17 times. If Smith can recover from that, if doctors can put him back together with enough metal and screws to endure six NFL hits in one game, I firmly believe we will get through this COVID shit stronger and more determined than ever. And as soon as we do, Aaron Donald will be right there to jump on all of our backs, reminding we did it for nothing. Just kidding, Alex Smith. Legend, legendary status. I did a video today about the shit show that is the NFL scheduling disaster. Make sure you click and watch that. Pretty good it is for 
if you... Week four of football is in the books, the library books. And now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week number five. Now, there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week five, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. On top of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help make it rain. Don't worry, if football isn't for you, DraftKings is giving all of you basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any b-ball market once you sign up. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.